0: Welcome to the TACT Talks podcast. Us at TACT created this so that you lucky lot out there can delve deep into what goes on behind the scenes at some of the fastest growing, most innovative and exciting companies in the UK. We discuss everything from how they're building their teams, the projects they're working on and what makes these brilliant people tick. We hope you enjoy it and thank you for tuning in to TACT Talks. Welcome to the TAC Talks podcast. Today I'm joined by Kirsten who is the Regional Director UK North for Cojurance. Thank you for coming on.
1: Thanks Jack. Uh,
0: thanks for coming on. I know it's a, it's a very warm day in Manchester and we've picked the worst possible place to do this podcast In a, effectively a greenhouse. I'm sure it'll be fine. So for anyone who doesn't know who you are Kirsten, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and yeah.
1: I work for a professional services firm called Cojoance. We specialise in software and platform engineering services for our clients. And our, I guess our niche would be that we, um, we've grown out of the software craftsmanship movement. And, and that means we're really passionate about quality software engineering practices and nurturing our staff as professionals working very closely in partnership with our clients. In terms of my background, I come from a project programme management background. So I'm not a techie professionally. That's my hobby. Okay. But as a regional director, I'm accountable for the business performance of the region. So that's sales, marketing, HR, people, um, recruitment, which is obviously how we know each other, sure. finance, client delivery, you name it. I have a lot of, uh, of targets. So my my role is kind of a, a business focused role right now.
0: Amazing. I think probably worth mentioning me, me and you spoke because at, t- at one point I was foolish enough to think that I wanted to do an MBA alongside work. You've done an MBA alongside work, which is an incredible achievement. And you were like, obviously do it, but it's a lot of hard work and effectively scared me off it. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Before when we were speaking about your kind of career um, and how you got to this point, you described it as squiggly, which I really, really love. So could you could you talk more to that?
1: Um, I guess it's probably worth mentioning kind of where I started in terms of school experience of tech. And how I um, didn't end up in a, in a career in tech originally. So my primary school, the girls did sewing lessons and the boys did computing lessons. So I'm wonderful at embroidery. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so there wasn't, there wasn't really much exposure to, to tech at school for me. So it's come later in, in life, actually. My degree was in Arabic. My special interest as a teenager was learning language after language. So I studied Arabic at university, um, which was an amazing experience. lived in Syria. I guess I just fell into project management and enjoyed the variety of the work I was doing. Worked in local authority at the time, so it was uh, a real reward of of delivering projects that that benefited the residents Mm. of the borough. And I naturally gravitated towards tech projects because I felt comfortable around tech and they were more challenging, so more more problem-solving um, interesting stakeholders to work with and mm-hmm. that's how I ended up specializing in in tech projects and delivery management and how I found co- coherence.
0: So you see so naturally gravitates towards technology? Why, why, why was that just it, like you said you just felt comfortable with it naturally
1: felt comfortable and, and other colleagues didn't feel comfortable working on tech projects so mm-hmm. um, gave me an opportunity, but I've always had kind of eyes open to opportunities. I remember talking to someone once who, who set up their career plan at the age of twenty and was um, was really pleased that they kind of ticked off all of those achievements sort mm-hmm. of in the fifties. And for me, that's you miss out on so much in tech because there are new roles that don't exist. The, the tech itself is changing so fast. So it's if you're working in tech, it's a great idea to be open-minded. Yeah. About where your career could go next.
0: I assume if you if you're looking too far into the future, you miss what's in the periphery, right? And what?
1: Yeah, and there's all you know. sorts of different roles as well. Um, so Manchester Digital do loads of fab work, sort of celebrating all the different roles that you can have in tech. It's not just about coding.
0: Again, we're going to come on to diversity and inclusion within tech. and that's uh, something you're very passionate about, 100%. That's a, that, but that is a big thing, is, is trying to educate people, the fact that it's not just coding, right? That's not the only job in technology you have to do. Um, okay, amazing. So you're at Coderance now, a very unorthodox way of getting there, but you're here, which is amazing. What's going on at CoDrones in the minute? Obviously, a lot of growth, Yeah, which is mega, which, you know, is... Uh, good for it, your business as good well. Good for my <laughs> business, yeah, exactly. Very stressful for you. But yes, yeah, so and why the growth?
1: Um, so we're, we're very ambitious as a company to raise the bar in terms of, of software engineering. Mm. So we look to leave a lasting legacy with our clients. It's not just about delivering a project and, and you know, doing a controlled exit. We look to build long-term partnerships and help them improve their engineering practices or delivery management product management approach and we really want to grow our business in the UK north so that's my area of responsibility so in order to do that we're expanding the team quite substantially so I've now got staff based all across the north of the UK and Scotland as well and got two two clients in Manchester at the moment and looking to expand and and win more business in the Manchester area
0: well, I know, I know, in Manchester it's crazy, the minute for technology, of course. So I don't think there would be any danger of that. I mean, and you use the you use the term before, which I don't understand because I'm not so clever as you, you. Use the a, a term of growing out of
1: software craftsmanship. Software craftsmanship is all about quality, engineering practices, and a community of professionals. At Code Jones, we're really passionate about quality, about our staff continually developing their knowledge, and that's because. Our staff are our product that we're selling to our clients. So it's really important that our staff are seen as experts are continuing their development professionally, or also, you know, have really strong links into the tech community in the local area. And also it's an opportunity, I think, to kind of give back to the tech community. So we run our own meetup every fortnight, Software Crafters North, and that's helping teach people in the tech community some of the practices that we're a big fan of, and so test driven development, sort of XP practices.
0: And I think obviously whenever we're going out with codurance to candidates kind of, that we're working with, I think a big sell people like is the fact that codurance was built by two software engineers, yes. and it's still it was built and is still owned by two software engineers, right? Who understand the plight of engineers and was built out of the frustration of how consultancies were doing things and wanted to do it differently. Is that oh. right? You mentioned there you've got a team based all around the north of the UK, super flexible, because I know the the. The office is based in Manchester City yeah. Centre, a, a remote first business.
1: Yeah, um, it's actually been a massive opportunity for us as a company because, I mean, we've never been a company that's that's had staff traipsing around the country for work, but we've we've always had staff travelling just locally. But since COVID, we've been able to, to remove those geographical silos we can now pull our resource right across the company. So we've got offices in Manchester, London, Barcelona, Madrid and Lisbon now. And it means that we can build a team specifically to meet our clients' needs without having geographical constraints. We've proven that we can work really effectively remotely using all the technology we have access to. And it also means for me, I can help me meet, meet my staff's needs and and um, preferences it means they're happier at work because they can choose whether they want to come into the office or work fully remotely or or somewhere in between
0: it seems so practical you saying it there and then but it's still it's still taking a bit of time for you know other businesses to get there but yeah the, the whole remote working thing uh, uh, people understand that there's a shortage of tech, uh, tech talent And i think once you embrace that remote working aspect all of a sudden the pool of people that you've been able to fish from is so much bigger it just makes complete sense right
1: and it means we can serve clients we couldn't have served previously as well so one of my previous clients i worked on at co were based in the us and india wow. so i was able to support teams in in both countries from my location in the uk so
0: you're talking about flexibility another th- another which i know again you're passionate about and another thing you're super passionate about uh, diversity and inclusion in tech so why are you so passionate about that why where does that come from
1: it's really important when we're we're delivering services and solutions to our client to have a, a range of of people, um, different backgrounds involved. We we deliver better quality services and solutions, but also from a strategic perspective for the for the company, actually our strategy and our decision making will be a lot more robust if we consider people's perspectives who have different backgrounds rather than, than all coming from the same professional background. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a it's a real advantage. Women are very underrepresented in tech. Um so at the point I took over my team, we only had two two women in the team. And within one month I tripled that. Whoa. And 40% of my hires are female. Now that's not positive discrimination. We've had some fantastic female candidates who've who've submitted applications and and obviously feel that coderance is the right home for them.
0: Absolutely. And why do you think why do you think the sudden surge in in female candidates coming through and, and getting the starting at co-durance in your team?
1: I think it's the experience they have during the recruitment process, okay. getting to meet people who will be their future colleagues at Codurance and feeling like codurance is the right home for them, that these are people they'd like to work with, and that they're going to be treated as individuals and valued for all of the unique knowledge, skills and experience they bring um, and have an opportunity to shape their career, have a lot of autonomy and get opportunities to do stuff which isn't just the, the client-facing billable hours. But you know, write blogs, get involved in interviewing tech events. Our D and I working group. There are lots of uh, contributions you can make in a, uh, a small firm like Kajerence.
0: Amazing. And D and I working group. You said there. What, what
1: is that? Diversity and inclusion. So we have a, a working group that people at Codurants can choose to join if they're interested in promoting diversity and inclusion and leading on initiatives in that area.
0: Oh, amazing. So, yeah, that, that's why when you said the work group, I was like, okay, what does the work group do? And that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So it's kind of like almost like you have guilds in, in certain businesses around like TDD or whatever it is. You've got one around that DNR. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, how, and how has that positively impacted the business? Is there anything that's come from those work groups that, that you've impl- implemented?
1: our outreach um, work that we've done so with manchester digital we've been involved in their digital her program which is about um, encouraging young women girls to consider careers in tech so i i gave a talk at wigan college during lockdown online amazing To, to talking about my my tech career and, and tips for, for people who might uh, want to consider a career in tech
0: how did you, how did you find it
1: it was really easy with it being remote, actually, oh, because cool. you couldn't see the audience, there was nothing to get scared at. You just sat in your living room in front of a in front of a laptop, so much less daunting. as it was a uh, a nice opportunity to get into public speaking.
0: Yes, yeah, without all the non-threatening. Yeah, because yeah, I always think that sometimes with public speaking is obviously terrifying, but even doing a, a presentation on like a video call, like the Teams or Zoom, when you see all the faces there and you're not like looking around, like who's not paying attention, like who's falling asleep, But, you know, it kind of is really off-putting. Again, you've tripled the, the amount of um, women in the tech team, in your te- team at Codurance. What's the what's the future plans? Where are you trying to get to in terms of r- ratios in the team? Is there any particular goals that you've got?
1: We're doing really well at Codurance actually in terms of having women in our senior management team, right. which quite often there's that glass ceiling for women. But I'd like in my team to get more um, women into the, the technical roles, particularly at a senior level. So I'm looking for great female platform engineers and senior software engineers in addition to the, the BAs, product managers, delivery managers yeah. that we already have. Um, the other goal I have is to better support people who are neurodiverse at Codurance. So we're members of the Tech Talent Charter, and every year as part of our commitments for our membership, we do a survey with staff. And last autumn, our survey indicated that 17% of our staff identify as neurodiverse. So for me, um, as someone who is neurodiverse myself, it's really important that my staff feel comfortable talking to me about their needs in work. Also, you know, candidates that we have coming through the recruitment process, so I can help them thrive at Cojurance.
0: That's amazing. I think you were at the reframe Women in Tech event, weren't you? Yes. I yes. Was. And and they were and they were talking a lot about neurodiversity, and it was so eye opening because you don't you don't realise it. And neurodiverse can mean a, a number of things, and I'm yeah. and I'm still very naive towards it, to it, and I want to learn more about it. Just for people out there who I guess uh, are exploring this, the the concepts of neurodiversity in more detail, what does it encapsulate being neurodiverse?
1: It's a range of conditions, basically. For example, autism, ADHD, um, dyslexia might be some of the ones that are really well known to people, but there are a lot of women in particular who get diagnosed later in life so that includes me someone who's recently been diagnosed as, as autistic people's experiences are very different you know even people who have been have, have a formal diagnosis of autism have very different experiences and very different needs so it's about seeing a person as an individual and i think by me being open about that and by you know people on the panel at reframe women in tech it reduces the stigma associated with it and starts to challenge some of the assumptions people have about capabilities also, where we're doing staff appraisals, we need to be really mindful that we're not, you know, picking up on um, traits, behaviours people have that relate to ADHD and autism, and, and seeing those as negatives in an appraisal process.
0: That's extremely interesting. Eh? Just in terms of neurodiversity, one, one of our co-founders, Tom TJ, everyone knows who TJ is, and um, he he has dyslexia, but he and we feel that it, it makes him better better at his job, 100%. Because he, he takes more more care in everything that he does, I think, and that's that whole idea, isn't it? And I think they touched on the reframe is is not looking at it as a as a weakness or anything like that. It's actually reframing it and be like, no, 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 it's it's actually a strengths. Frame.
1: Yeah, I I very much prefer a, a strengths based approach. So mm-hmm. you know when I'm talking to staff about their development, I don't want them to fixate on their weaknesses. I want them to leverage the strengths they have, you know, the things they really enjoy doing, are passionate about, because that will make them better at what they do. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, help ensure they're really motivated.
0: Why is it, why is it that women get diagnosed later in life as, as opposed to men?
1: Um, I think it's just that the diagnostic process has tend to focus on the symptoms, for want of a better word, that, that boys tend to present with. But women of my age kind of missed out at school age on a on diagnosis. But it's um, with the, the amount of publicity there's been, including, you know, people in the public eye, talking about their experience of being diagnosed, more women are coming forward for assessments. That's amazing. But I think it's really important for me by sharing that as a leader in a tech firm, it enables my staff to feel comfortable sharing sharing that with me and, and, and then I can work with them mm. about how to make the work environment suit them and get the best out of them.
0: Love that. It's just, I think it's a really great example of authentic leadership as well. And being like, look, this is me, this is who I am. How did and this might this is a personal question. So if you don't want to answer, anything, that's absolutely fine. And we can cut it out. Obviously, being di- diagnosed, like as you said, recently, how how has that changed your life and your perception of experiences?
1: I feel normal. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> I feel the most uh, most normal I've ever felt. I think it's helped me to understand why I struggle with some things, or have continued to struggle with some things throughout my career, and why I'm particularly good at some things as well. So it helps me be kind of more forgiving of myself.
0: Like I said, talking about it, and it's something, again, just from this conversation that I've never thought about in, in that greater detail, but coming on platforms like this and talking about it, I think is so important. And as you said, kind of now 17% of your workforce is neurodiverse, must have been like, wow. And then, okay, but that a fantastic opportunity here to be like, okay, there's a few things that we're not doing to really get the best out of these people. So let's make it so that we can. And I know part of that is you being open about your own diagnosis, which is amazing. What other things have you done at CoDreams to make it a more neurodiverse friendly place to work?
1: So I think um, remote working is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. So it gives people total control over their working environment and finding the work environment that suits them best. And for some people, that isn't the the noise and distraction of a busy office. Mm-hmm. That's peace and quiet at home. So I think that's a, that's a great example of how we're we're better able to meet people's needs by being flexible and open-minded. And I've certainly discovered with the opportunity to work from home that that's definitely the best environment for me. Yeah. I'm much more productive. Too easily distracted in the office oh God. to talk to people. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I get you, I get you. It's. I think as a business that is embracing flexible working for a number of reasons, that's one of the biggest things, right, is how people work, people work in completely different ways. And having just a one-size-fits-all approach in a business is so short-sighted and narrow-minded
1: the market for people now is way too competitive you need to treat people as individuals and work out um, what makes them happy what makes them motivate and what makes them want to stay mm-hmm. at your company um, and that's something that is very individual you're not going to have a, a benefits package which is just going to appeal to absolutely everyone
0: it was amazing we had uh, someone called lauren who came on the podcast who uh, was at a business Access pay and she and again she's very uh, passionate about dni and getting women into technology and one thing that was really eye-opening um, that she mentioned was something called Gender Decoder, which is you can put this, uh, you can put any job advert into this platform and it'll identify words that are more masculine-based and, and that could, that could put a females off applying for certain roles. But it's amazing because my question was, then would it go the other way and put males up, but it actually doesn't work that way. they've they've shown that you probably know all this
1: it's really interesting because I've spent most of my career in the public sector and I'm Mm. used to you know a 30 item person spec most of it's mandatory some of it's technically not required for the job and I know for example if I'm asking for a computer science degree an IT degree Mm. I'm immediately ruling out a lot of women because women are underrepresented in computer science degrees and if that's really not required for the role then that shouldn't be in there but also, you know, if I have a lot of mandatory criteria, people will screen themselves out if they, if they think I need to meet all of those criteria in order to apply. So I had some feedback um, today from a candidate that I interviewed who said, you know, we were quite vague in terms of our role description that we put out for a role. And and I said, yes, I think that's actually probably by design because we're open minded um, at Codurants about who we hire. You know, we don't want People to be duplicates of each other. Mm-hmm. We'd like to get to know the person and and understand all the knowledge, skills, and experience they have to offer, and and we hire people we want to work with, and we can see potential in in terms of them ha- serving our clients and, and helping us be successful as a company.
0: Love that. Cojurance again growing like crazy, which is amazing. In twelve months' time, you know, when we're looking out for what what we what are you hoping to see in terms of like team size, news, milestones?
1: So recruitment is my biggest priority right now. We're in a really strong position as a company. We're well respected in terms of the quality of services we provide. But at the moment, we need more people to meet client demand, which is a great place to be. Because yeah. the other, the, the opposite of that is we have a lot of very expensive staff who we don't want sitting around, you know, not billing for their time. Sure. So I'm looking to grow my team to 40 this year in terms of the client facing roles. That's up from 15 at the start of this year. And we're at 30 already. Um, in terms of the new hires that I've made so far this year, which is really exciting to see. We're also looking to win more um, client business in the north, starting around Manchester. We're looking to expand out into the Leeds area as well. And we're looking to do more outreach in terms of tech events and tech community. So we're sponsoring the Manchester Tech Festival this October. Amazing. So that's really exciting to get involved in that and get my team out and about meeting people and spreading the word about software craftsmanship.
0: Again, Manchester as a city, I think for a community of technical people is just second to none. Oh, yeah, yeah, it really is. And and but Leeds also, and again, Leeds got such an amazing hub of technical people and and amazing talent, and a fantastic tech event scene. If you've got Leeds as well, wow, so exciting times. Yeah. Well, look, there's there's always a couple of ways we like to wrap this up. There's two questions I'm going to ask you. First of all. Has there ever been a time that you've really fluffed something up? If yes, then what?
1: And then if what, what did you learn? I would say staying too long in a work environment that didn't suit me and get the best out of me. Interesting. Um, it's important to, to recognize what's important to, to you. And for me, that's organization and culture. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think looking back, I should have moved on sooner to find the home that was right for me because you spend a lot of your time at work. Yeah, don't hang on there if it's if you're not thriving, mm. move on.
0: Yeah, you're not learning or earning is usually the the term, right? Which is I think is really interesting. But again, you I know you were super passionate about getting more in tech and and, and and everything like that, which is is mega. If you could give one piece of advice to someone trying to get into tech, the first job in tech, or at the beginning of the career in tech, what would
1: you say to them? I think it would be look into the wide variety of roles that are available in tech. You know, so that could be a sales or marketing role, mm. for example. It could be project delivery management, product management, BA roles, um, UX, UI, you know, sort of more design focused roles, platform engineering. There are, there are so many different roles. And I think also trying out different roles and seeing what you enjoy most as well.
0: I guess graduate scheme is quite good for that, right?
1: Yeah, where you get rotations. So that's, that's a fantastic opportunity.
0: Right. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I think anyone listening to this has probably picked up quite a few little nuggets of information. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see where Codurance is in the next 12 months, 18 months. It's, uh, yeah, thank you for coming on.
1: Brilliant. Thanks for inviting me, Jack.
0: Thanks for listening to the TAC Talks podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Anything we discussed will be linked in the show notes. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you enjoy the topics we discuss, we'd really appreciate it if you leave a review.